Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Spaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, the new daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 149. We've got two games this week to talk about, plus a very, very special guest who needs very little to no introduction at all, actually. All the way from Dallas, Texas, joining us now, welcome back, Kent. Thank you very much indeed Thank for you. coming yeah. up. Thank you. Great seeing you guys. You too. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for giving up your evening to uh, to be with us. So, sure. Uh, we've got some questions for you that people have sent in, which Perfect. you haven't seen uh, already because we got people to email us and DM us privately so that Correct. you can't get any heads up on this <laughs> um, intentionally. But as always, let's yeah, not break tradition. Supporters Club. Yep. Yeah, so Saturday, 1st of September, we go to Chesterfield and coaches for this one are leaving the Supporters Club early doors at half past eight for a 3 pm kickoff. The Fairfest one is £28 for adults and £25 for concessions and under 16s are a bargain half price. And please note that children <coughs> aged 15 and under must be accompanied by an adult and there's a £3 surcharge to non members. And now, if you want to book for this one, you can, tr- you can book by calling the travel line on 07722. One three five nine seven zero, and Kent, you'll be at um, Chesterfield. I will. I'm looking forward to it. Should be goodie. And be in the way end. Absolutely. Second life as yeah, always. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been there, so I don't know if I'll end up in there the 60th minute or the 45th minute or the first minute, but we'll see. You'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Cool. So, uh, some um, bit of uh, uh, any other business uh, this week. We had the following tweet sent to us last week from James R.F. Young, who said, just listen to the last show and a great range of views. Please shout out to me and my boy, Max Young, who are the first-time season ticket holders this year, impressed by the club direction and family initiatives and involvement. Fantastic. From your perspective, that's got to be good to hear. No, that's exactly what we want. We do want, of course, we want to retain as many current season ticket holders as we can, but we need to bring in more and more over time and bring in new and younger uh, season ticket holders. So very excited about them being a part of the being a part of the club. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening, James and Max, and welcome to the Orient community. Yeah, brilliant. So, Kent, we'd have a few questions for you, emailed in and DM'd in. And the first one is from Ryan, who sits behind us in the South Stand, and he said, what's the progress of the live stream of Orient games? I'm going away again from October <laughs> to early December, so this guy goes away all the time. He spends a lot of time abroad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says he would love to watch the games abroad. So, yeah. any update on, on so that situation? So would I. Um, yeah, so would I. <laughs> It, listen. The the conversation is with the conversation is with the National League, and it really has to do with maybe a couple of different constraints. Uh, there's not really a challenge with being able to have access to the content in an overseas manner, but part of the question is is the um, infrastructure in all of the grounds. So we've got to make sure if we're going to really broadcast all those games. We've got to make sure that they have the appropriate infrastructure with which to record the game. Mm. Some grounds have that. Some grounds may not have that. And so it's very difficult for the National League to require them to have that, which we understand. Um, the other thing is, is that we just want to make sure that we put out you know, a quality product. So the question is, how many different cameras do we need? Look, Nigel and David Travis 
And, you know, Matt Porter, they understand this much better than I do. They understand all the different nuances of what we're trying to accomplish there. And I know they're working on it. We've got meetings scheduled with the National League, so we're trying to figure it out. Cool. So hopefully sooner rather yeah. than later. Yeah. 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 He also goes on to ask, and this is probably a question or two that you've had, uh, a question that you've had from others in the past as well. He says, if the risk of losing Bond and Caroma mm-hmm. next year, if we don't get into the um, into the EFL, is so great, should we not make this year, this the year, to push the boat out for promotion, say bring in two or three additional players, two good players, a top midfielder at this level and a very good goalkeeper? Could make us really likely to get promoted rather than rely on making the playoffs and then participating in that lottery? Uh, that would be a great theory if it were true that it would only occur this year. So what would happen is, is that we will get this same question every year because there's always going to be turnover in our squad. Mm. So it's not, you can't necessarily say this has to be the year, this has to be the year, this has to be the year. You have to build in a, a, a mechanism that allows you to, you know, kind of rotate the squad as you need or to, or to adjust the squad as you need. So, um, you know, there's options of uh, bringing in other players. The other thing, too, from a loan perspective or, or buying them, the other thing is, is that if we can get the amount of money that we want from Macaulay Bond, which is roughly 10 million pounds, <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're going to be able to afford quite a few players to replace him. Here, here's the thing about um, you know, people that are on our team currently. We not only look at the value of the money that's being offered for them, we also have to look at the cost of replacing them or changing the squad or changing the team. So when we look through this triangle problem of what's best for the, best for the club financially, what's best for the team, what's best for the player as an individual, when we look at it from a team perspective, we ascribe a cost to the player if they were to go somewhere else. The offers that we got this summer from Macaulay Bond, while they were quite flattering, uh, were insufficient for us to believe that that was uh, at an appropriate level for us to be able to replace Macaulay. So there's a replacement cost that we've got on people. uh, And that's the reason why we were so excited to get Macaulay to extend his contract. This idea that we're going to be able to do this, remember that we're probably not going to sign contracts more than two or three years. And most people will get a one-year contract. And so that means that we're always going to be in this mode of, well, what are we going to do if we lose this player or that player? There are only 11 important positions on the pitch each time we play. Mm -hmm. There's only 11. Yeah, and that, and so so you so you so there's always going to be turnover. Yeah, a- absolutely. But I think what he's saying is 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 about boosting the squad now with two or three players. Mm-hmm. Like, in particular, he's saying a goalkeeper. Whether I agree or not is, mm-hmm. is a different story. Right. And 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 a top midfielder at this level. I mean, obviously we've got Dale Gorman that's only just played today. So obviously not having the benefit of him playing in the last half a dozen games is is obviously a handicap. Uh, for us, but hopefully right. over the coming time we'll see it. Well, he, he played. He played. He also played it um, at Gateshead. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, here's the thing, though. There, we're always one or two players away. 
what I'm saying is, is this, you know, this is an every year it, that what he's asking, we will get asked every year this same question. Is this the year you're going to do it? Is this the year you're going to do it? Are you going to push all the chips on, you know, we're at the roulette wheel. We're at the roulette wheel. Are you going to push all your chips on the table to this year? And the answer is consistently going to be no. Not going to do it. No. Not going to do it. No. Not going to do it. Because I will be very hesitant to trade long term for short term. I would prefer to be steady uh, and to and for it to be something that we build over time, as opposed to pushing all the chips on the table at once. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nice. John McIntyre <clears throat> says, "What would you say to fans who are still being negative about the team on social media channels?" So this was obviously received before today's match, but obviously social media and the forums give everybody a voice. Obviously, Absolutely. you can't make everyone happy. Absolutely, all the time. So, so I would say uh, a couple of different things. Number one, I would say that you need to think, you need to try to understand from what perspective they're coming from, and why are they quote-unquote, being negative. The first reason is is that some people believe that the only way to get out of this league is to run the table from game one through game 46. You've got to be in first place the entire time. I actually would love it if we could find some math majors either in uh, secondary school or in university who would actually go out and figure out how often has it happened that someone who was in first place at game three finished in first place at game 46. I think it's probably pretty rare, but that's that's an assumption. There is a mathematical formula that says that the standard deviation of the movement of of the teams, and you can figure all that math out. Anyway, so that's one. So that's sort of one question is, okay, you're being negative, but for what reason are you being negative? Some people are negative because what they like to do is they like to set the expectations very low. That way they can't be disappointed. And so they will set, they will consistently be negative so that they can't be disappointed. Mm. Um, I have a much more balanced approach. I do get disappointed, but I kind of have a balanced approach on that. Um, And so I, I don't mind that the fans are negative or maybe you're perceived to be negative or, or, or a little rough or however they decide to do it because I look at it not from what they're saying, but I look at it from what is the intent behind what it is they're saying. In 99% of the cases, they have the best interest of the club at heart and in mind. And because of that, we can find the value in whatever it is they're saying, no matter how negatively they may say it to us. Okay. Vince Howard asks, what is really going on with the catering? Had three months to get the issues raised last season sorted, and if anything, it appears to be worse. And all we get from Danny Macklin is that the club is working with the caterers to get the issues resolved. Now, I must say... I bought a chicken burger. I mentioned it in last week's podcast. It was horrible. I heard it. Yeah, and lucky Danny you did. Lucky you weren't sitting next to him because all I heard was unrepeatable on a family-run <laughs> podcast. But um, I, I emailed Danny and he said, like, obviously we can't cook fresh there because of restrictions. Mm-hmm. I don't have. I do not have the answer. And <clears throat> and and I know that Danny keeps working on this keeps working with the catering company. 
Um, we have potential solutions for it. We have potential things that we need to do. It is, it's, um, it's unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. And the only way I know to fix it is to do a lot about it. But it's, a, it's, a, it's just the craziest. I can't figure out why we can't get it straight. It's not straight. <laughs> And it's just one of those things where it's, it's just not, it's not getting better. We recognize it's not getting better. It may have been worse today than it was when you had your chicken sandwich. So, um, I don't know what to tell you other than obviously we know about it and we will fix it. How or when, I don't know the answer to how or when, but... We will get it fixed. Okay. A work in progress. Yeah, very much so. So Stephen Smith sent us a few questions by email. So he says, Ken, what is your view on the amount of National League football shown on TV at the moment? And would you like to see more or less games shown live? Um, uh, the, I, I think the level of National League games that are shown live is probably extremely appropriate for the level of play that we engage in. And so I take a very world view on this. There, there are very few leagues in the world that the TV revenue helps pay for the league. The Premier League mm. is the one. Mm. The Spanish League does okay for the most part. If you're Barcelona or Real Madrid. And the Italian league does okay. Outside of that, there's not another league. Notice I didn't mention championship. I didn't mention mm. League One. I didn't mention <clears throat> League Two. I didn't, min- I didn't mention Portugal. I didn't mention Argentina, which I've looked at. It didn't mention Brazil, which I've looked at. I didn't mention Costa Rica, which I've looked at. I didn't mention Colombia, which I've looked at. I didn't mention France, which I've looked at. I didn't. Germany, Bundesliga also does it. There are very few leagues in the world where TV revenue actually makes a difference. Uh, and, and for us, TV revenue does not make a difference. Of course, we would love it if uh, they would broadcast more games because that would mean a little bit more revenue to us. But I think one game a week, which I think is about the level that they're at, that's what it looks like one, one somebody gets rescheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we would love it if there was more, but, but you have to balance that against is there really more demand and how much supply is there. There's a lot of football content in the UK during the weekends just as it goes already, right? There's 10 matches in the Premier League on the weekends, and then you've got championship. So there's a lot of content for people to consume. And if you, you know, if we were to add another game, I'm not sure how much difference that would really make. Okay. Um, He also asks, has anyone at the club contacted Tottenham to offer the Briar Group Stadium if they need to use it for a game or two this season? I imagine with their, with their new training facility. No, we have. No, but we have. But we've, but we've had we've had multiple conversations about their under twenty three, uh, you know, and and I wouldn't just limit the conversation with Arsenal. 
Um, and so there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different groups. It takes time for us to be viewed as reliable owners. Um, and it takes time for us to be viewed as being stable by clubs like Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, um, and there's a few, right? And so we have very good relationships with those clubs, but it takes time for us to be viewed as someone they really feel like they can and should build a relationship with that'll last for a long time. Cool. Louise Taylor's asked a question, and mm-hmm. I think we know the answer to this, but we'll ask it to you anyway. How's Peyton and Riley? <laughs> How long is left on the Nike deal? Uh, it's it's up the end of this year. So are we already talking to potential new kit providers, or? I mean, I, Danny is the one who handles all that, and so he, you know, he takes care of that. I don't. I I am not intimately involved in the conversations, and that's just Danny will handle that when it's appropriate. I don't know. I don't know exactly when or, or what the the. I know there's an overall strategy of we want to move forward and we want to you know we want to have conversations, but I don't know when or how Danny's going to do that. Cool. I think these conversations usually start around January. I think from I do, memory again, from what Matt Paul told us once. Right, I think they do it around right. January. February. You, know, you know the thing is, is that Nike. I've I've got a business that's in that in sort of that business that competes with Nike in a certain way and. Adidas, I know that's not how y'all call it, and Puma, and maybe that's not the right way to say that one either. But, um, and so I would say that they are all very similar in a certain way. I'm not sure that just because we leave Nike, that people are going to be super excited about whoever it is next, mm-hmm. because we've had whoever it is next okay. before, and they weren't very excited about that. So in this particular case, this may be one of those things where we will be lucky to please some of the people some of the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's always going to ask, well, why can't we have our own personal kit? And the answer to that is that just football um, sports manufacturers don't make that personalized kit. You look at Tottenham, how many kits they sell. It's exactly the same template as the England kit. Right. It's exactly the same template. That's what all the top clubs will get that. Right. You might not get that template, but you'll get a selection right. of... Of previous ones, but anyway, uh, going off topic there. Ben yeah. Boatman just asked us to pass on a message to you saying, Can you guys thank Kent on the podcast for giving him high fives and taking the time to say hello and post for photos? Rory really enjoyed his first game yesterday and can't wait to go to another one. Yeah, yesterday would have been uh, two days ago now, but that that was uh, we were in uh, Gateshead for that, yeah, yeah. and it was Scotland, fantastic. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fantastic. So I'd, I had seen Ben on Twitter. And I re- and I recognized him a little bit, right? And uh, and then yeah, his son, and so we got some pictures, and, and it was great. That was that's part of the advantage of going around, uh, you know, at halftime. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was great. I I saw I I remember Ben, and I I remember liking the tw- the tweet that he sent out with the picture. So Definitely. it was good. Yeah, great to see. Great to see. Mm-hmm. Last question. For the time being, it's from Chris Lomax. <laughs> For the time being. <laughs> he says, I notice that Ken likes to stand up at games. Is this down to nerves? <laughs> Ken is just spouting. You notice that Kent likes to stand up at games. Well, you should have seen it today. Is it down? I think I know. Go ahead, finish the question. Asking. Sorry. Is this down to nerves? No. Or excitement? Both. Um, I think you said before you were a bad watcher, aren't you? I'm a, I am... 
I am, I am, yeah, it's bad. And it's the reason I couldn't ever really play professional golf at a great level. I'm just a little too nervous. So um, it was, I get so excited and I tend to be physically demonstrative uh, and I, and I love to move. So I, I just don't sit well. I, if, if we have a meeting and I'm sitting in a rock, in a chair that rocks, I tend to rock the chair. And so I'm not a good sitter. Um, I have so much passion for what we're doing that I cannot control myself. It is just, I just go crazy. It is so much fun. You guys just don't get it how great y'all have it. So I, I just I just love it. So yes, I'm nervous. Uh, yes, I'm disappointed when something doesn't go our way. Uh, every once in a while, I'll give the little dive signal if I think someone <laughs> did, you know, pulled a Neymar <laughs> Or, um, you know, today I ended up uh, on my knees with my pants being concrete on them. Um, I I, I sort of fall down sometimes and I had it on my back and they were brushing me off. And I just get, they're very worried about me jumping over the balcony, which I'm not going to do. Not to get some special netting or something for me. I mean, I admit that I'm dumb, but I don't think I'm that dumb. Um, but and I'm sure that the fans would be more than willing to catch me below. 100%. But yeah, so it's it's just so much passion and so much nervous energy, and I just absolutely love it. So those are the questions we have so far. Yeah, I know, I'm sure others will so come up. Others are coming in now as we're recording. <laughs> I can see them as we're doing I'm it. Sure so we'll, we'll come, come we'll come back to it in the podcast. Right, perfect. So moving on in to the week that was. So as we were recording episode one four eight last Sunday. Craig Clay was named in the National League's Team of the Week, in addition to also being included in the Non-League Papers Team of the Week. So, well done to Craig and Craig from two weeks ago, who was uh, the villain of the piece, shall we say, yeah. uh, on social media for the most turned part. Turned it around, didn't he? <coughs> turned it around. Really turned it around. I'm sure he's going to come on and uh, be discussed a bit later on in the podcast. I'm sure he will. So, let's move on then to the week that was Coulson Monday, the 20th of August. Quiet day at the club. The only real piece of news was that late Orient chairman Nigel Travis has joined the world of social media by setting up a Twitter account. You can follow him at Nigel Travis. Nigel, welcome to the wonderful world of Twitter, although tread with great care. <laughs> also, as it's Coulson Monday, it's very appropriate that we congratulate Dave Coulson and his wife Sarah, who were married 30 years ago on this day. So congratulations to Dave and Sarah, to Josh's parents. Yeah. Uh, Dave... Credit to you, mate. I don't know how your wife hasn't got a Nobel Peace Prize or a Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that for putting up with your power. But well done. Congratulations to you both. Yeah, that's that's Josh's Josh's. That's parents. fantastic. I met I met I actually got the chance to meet them today. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's a character. Yeah. He's yeah, a character. He's at most games, home and away. Mm-hmm. Um, with you know the usual. The home and away and, uh, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's good. He follows Josh wherever wherever Josh is. He'll he'll go. Um, so Josh is worthy of that by the way yeah good lad yeah, yeah. so it's who I Tuesday sorry if I'm not mistaken I think the forehead chant came from Dave I think he started off about the, the large forehead I'm sure I may be wrong Dave correct me if I'm wrong or Josh correct me if I'm wrong I'm sure that Dave instigated that I tried to get Paul to sing this last week no, and he wasn't playing it's better in a crowd 
Mm. It's more impactful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry to choose. It's better that. after a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and a clean sheet. And a clean sheet. Yeah. So on Tahue Tuesday, the twenty first of August, we played a behind closed doors funny match against Southland United. So the mm-hmm. team was Sergeant, Fleming, Hall, Happy, Ovi, Ben Youssef, Gorman, Lawless, Sweeney, Harold, and Allaby. And the final score was one 0 to Southland. It sounds like a good run out for those players. Mm-hmm. Um, good to see Gorman get 90 minutes good to see Harold get 75 I think the only questions I think most fans would be asking along with us shouldn't David Mooney or Charlie Granger be involved in these type of games somewhat missing at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah so we know that there's something we know that we can't go uh, much further with that at the moment there's obviously circumstances there so we'll move on then to Wednesday the 22nd of August. The club announced that they are just 90 tickets short, season tickets short, of the 4,000 uh, target that you set at the start of the season. Mm. We're at 3,910. Do, do you have an updated number on that? Are we we're close? 78. We're we 78. Were se- we were 78. Yeah, we were 78 okay. as of 10.45 a.m. this morning. Right, okay. So now we're That's 78. Fantastic. Yeah. And if you buy one now, it's obviously pro rata, so it's not the full yeah. cost. So people oh, can yeah. still buy season yeah. tickets. Cause no, it's obviously casual business isn't. So right. if you wanted to buy a season ticket, although oh, okay. the first three or four home games have gone, you can still buy one and you pay a pro rated amount. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's fair play. Yeah. yeah. So if you want one, you know how to. And do you it. get a badge. Yeah. A season ticket badge. I quite like one. I'm quite proud of my badge. Yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there. Uh, of course, we want to get to four thousand, but the. You know, the point is, is that if you have friends or family or someone, you know, we need like a 2% uh, rate to get yeah. the extra yeah. 80 off yeah. of 4,000. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is that we are extremely happy about the ones we have. Hmm. It's not about the next 78. It's about the fact that we've got all these people who have decided they want to continue to support the club and that that's the best part about it and I'd also say it's like more than what we had last year given the circumstances last year mm. it's more than last year and to be honest with you I thought we'd lose two or three hundred because I thought that season of oh my god we nearly <laughs> lost it and everyone wanting to buy into the club mm. and I thought that would have tapered off a bit but I'm actually genuinely supply, surprised pleasantly surprised and super impressed that we've actually increased the numbers I don't think we've ever had numbers like that in the 20-something years I've supported. The yeah, club, we'll so. have to... I, I'll need to ask Lindsay, and, and I'm ex, I'm very excited to be in, in Leighton this week, so I can ask some of these questions and, and uh, just kind of drop by and say hi and, and do all that with Lindsay and, and, you know, everybody in the staff. But I do want to ask Lindsay, you know, what's the turnover rate, you know, what's the turnover percentage? And what that means is is how many... How many people have renewed how many people have not yeah. renewed and then we've obviously covered the number that didn't renew so I don't know I don't think the turnover rate is very high which again thank you again to all the you know all the supporters but our desire is is that no matter what the turnover rate is is that we increase the number of season tickets going forward and that we're going after certain segments of the population in E10 and in and around E10, so we're gonna we'll continue to press forward. the The great thing about Danny and Danny's team is that they know who they want to go after. They know that we are making an extremely valuable offer, and we know that that 
offer will get a certain uptake. So we do think there's a way that we can continue to build the fan base. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna massively grow it uh, over time. Over time we will, but in the short term it'll go up a little bit. You know, hopefully every year we get promoted. Yes, it will change, but you know, as far as the take rate, but. You know, right now we're doing fine. So apart from someone who's offered to clean all the seats in the stand, is there anything special planned for the fourth, fourth thousandth person that, that... If if I remember correctly, and I would have to just go look through emails, yeah. my understanding is, is that every board member has committed to doing certain things if we get to 4,000. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Care to share what those things are? I... Boy, I would be hesitant to do that, but I, <laughs> I, I, because I, because I know I know what I thought I committed to, but now it's more than I thought. Uh, I I will allow our chairman to uh, to to do that. I think Nigel would be the best one okay. to find that Brilliant. out from. Nigel is calling you out on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Thursday, the twenty third of August, and the GCSE results came out. So whatever results you young O's got, well done. And best of luck with your future career choices. Absolutely. At 2.30, the club announced that Josh Caroma, a graduate from the Orient Youth Academy, has signed a new two-year contract. So without a shadow of a doubt, obviously, this is great news. His attitude and commitment has vastly improved. Really, really good to see. And obviously, it can never be underestimated, the conveyor belt of talent coming out of the academy. Yeah. is thanks to the likes of Danny Webb and Pete Gill and, and all the other guys that are... Mm-hmm. And Justin and Ross for enabling them the Royals to come into the first team and train with them and get that match mm-hmm. late. So even if they don't come on, it's still that experience. I think Justin's a key point there because a year ago, it looked like Josh's career was coming to a halt. Yeah. Steve Davis was barely featuring on the bench when he yeah. did it was cameos and we all kind of thought it was going to go one way or the other. So very happy to see Josh coming on. And I think, like you said, Justin and Ross have to take a huge credit there uh, for getting out the best of Josh over the last few months. Josh is now a pivotal member of the squad and you can say now only his stripes is a first team one of the first names on the team sheet yeah mm-hmm. and he's got to keep At going though he can't be complacent now that he th- he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet he's got to really cement that mm-hmm. um, what, was this a long time coming or is this something that was decided I don't know a month ago and they said hey maybe we should do this how, how no, does... it's, a lo- it's, it's a long time coming so we asked Martin to think about balancing youth and experience, uh, speed and size and, you know, all kinds of different ways uh, because what we want to do is we want to create a very balanced squad over a long period of time. So uh, that means that, you know, we want a certain number of kids and we want a certain number of not kids. And so it's, yeah, so it's, it's just... For us, you know, our relationship with Josh is exactly what we want, which is we want people to come in, uh, you know, start to make an impact on the team, prove that they deserve to have a contract extended. And, you know, and Josh has been great. Josh's family's been great. His attitude has been great. And, and he's, a, he's just a joy to watch. He's just a joy to watch. It's just super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much, Dave. Yes, we've got quite a few views on this one, so a few that we will mention. That's Ian, Mane, Rene, John. Said, delighted Josh has signed. Someone who Justin obviously adores. Really stepped up when James Davis got injured last season and has carried it through. Night and day to where he was. 
under Davis. Yeah, George Sessions uh, tweeted, thanks George for letting us use this. The kid is so special. If he continues to work like he is and takes the advice of Orient's coaching staff, hopefully he and the O's can go through the leagues together. He will definitely play higher if he stays on the right path, but Brisbane Road is the perfect place for him now. A great yeah. tweet. So, Moody Friday, the 24th of August. Happy 18th birthday to El Satoru. Yep, the club also announced that they are taking pre-orders <coughs> of the third pink kit ahead of the official launch on the 31st of August. And later in the day announced they're entering the London Senior Cup this season. We'll be entering at the second round of the competition where we will face either Haringey Borough or Beckenham Town with details to be confirmed in due course. I think on the pink kit first. Yeah, go on. I think you've... Uh out wearing yours and made people slightly jealous I got a sample yeah they gave me one of the samples so I wore it I love it I like it I absolutely love it I love the color because it's dark it's dark enough yeah uh, it's different and yeah and, and it's and yeah so yeah yeah I happened to get one I got one of the samples but yeah I wore it to uh, I think Concord is where I wore it to or East yeah, I think you're the only person Eric, with Eric. that yeah no, 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 no! I'm not the only one. There's no? other people that have it. They just they just don't wear it out in okay. public. Yes, yeah, against the one. Cause yeah. I've so been it's bowling around the whole area. <laughs> I've been walking around everywhere going like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, y- y'all don't see how much I wear them at the house, but you know that's a Texas problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I guess in the London Cup, London Senior Cup, I think to me, I mean that we have to be one of the favourites to win that cup. I think, and it's a good. Good chance of silverware and again to engage more fans, more local yeah. teams. Depends who's in the competition for me. I mean, you'd argue that we would be one of the favourites, but I don't know who else is in it. This came a bit left field for me. I wasn't expecting this. Did you know much about it before? Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. Thing with Martin, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I think probably next week we ask one of the guests that's coming on next week's show potentially, um, potentially. see what they have to say about it. Yeah, ask them about which team will play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, possibly. We played Haringey Borough last season. They gave us a bit of a scare. We went 1-0 down quite That's early on, and then we ended up winning 2-1, thankfully. I think Dave Mooney scored, and Josh Corona, um, I think, got another one. But yeah, Haringey Borough, a lovely club, run, mm. run by a very nice guy, actually. Good. So we also had a tweet from Ed Gunning at EDATOPUS3. So he said, very sad to report the passing of my good friend, an XO Gordon Riddick, who played in the early 70s. He also worked on the match of the day team, played in the charity fundraising football commentator XI and was a very good cricketer. So from us all here at Orient Out Podcast Towers, let's say RIP to Gordon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and our best wishes to his family and friends uh, as well. So thank you, um, Ed, for letting us know. Um, yeah, appreciate that. Some Saturday then, the 25th of August, the youth team were in action. The under-18s were away to Stevenage, unfortunately lost the game 2-0. So moving on into the main event, so the O's were away to Gateshead. And ahead of the game, we ran a Twitter poll asking what you thought the outcome of the game would be. And after 187 votes in 24 hours, 64% of you voted for an O's win. Uh, 27% thought a draw, with only 9% thinking that the O's would lose the game. And thank you for all of your Twitter votes. These polls, I think you can see how optimistic... Uh, and pessimistic there's still a level of pessimism in there with the 9% Um, the team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal Judd, Coulson Epiteta and Widdersom were at the back with Dayton, Lee, Clay and McEnough across the middle and Bon and Karoma up top substitutes for that day Sam Sargent Happy Gorman Allaby and Harold which means an unchanged starting 11 from the Boreham Wood game as Matt Harold and Dale Gorman make the bench for the first time this season 
your yeah, views on that? My views on stability, consistency. I think it's you know I think Alex Lawless actually had played really well this season, uh, and he can't even get on the bench, and that just shows you the strength and the depth um, of the squad. And good to see Gorman and Harold get on the bench. I think Gorman's one who has come with a bit of expectation uh, based on his signing. Mm. So good to see yeah. what potentially he can do. I love a consistent side. I've always said, historically speaking, if you look at the sides that go up, they've used, generally speaking, the least amount of turnover in squad. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had our good season in the 13-14, we only used, I don't know, 20-odd players where others were using sort of in the 30s. So for me, consistency is great. No space in the match day squad for Alex Lawless, even though he travelled up. Great to see, as you've just said, uh, Gorman and Harold on the bench. So, lot of headaches for uh, for Mr Edinburgh in yeah, terms of who makes his squad and who doesn't. Yeah, so Gates has got the game on the way. The six minute, Robbie Tinkler's header from a corner forces Brill to a decent save as he stretched to palm the header away. So, a bit of early pressure. Mm-hmm. Dealt well with that. Yeah, and the Gates head keeper was called into action in the 10th minute to deal with a deflective shot from Macaulay Bond. Yeah, 21st minute. Mackenough crosses from the left. Good dummy by Bon. Uh, the ball yeah. came to Clay in a really good position and he kind of slipped just as he was about to shoot and the ball went over the bar. I think McCauley Bon has always been a good player but I think this season the way he's bringing other players into play is something that's obviously been worked on. We've talked yeah. about how he chases down defenders. Really tough. Yeah. Always gives 100% in the game but you can see now he's kind of dragging defenders out of their positions to create other chances for other members of the team. He'd done it in the first game against Sebastian where he made a run off um, someone and then Brophy scored so Bon is uh, not only scoring but he's also creating a lot of chances and bringing others making space for others and if you notice there's a lot more <coughs> Craig Clay being in goal scoring opportunity positions um, I saw I saw the highlights of that and I think he expected Macca to, to take that shot and I think it came as a bit of a surprise to him when it came through to yeah. him because Macca was obviously aware he was behind him um, we go close there in the 29th minute. It's a good run from Craig Clay. Saw his deflective shot cleared off the line by Mellish. Another good run there from Craig Clay. There you go, yeah. I guess you spoke about knee dropping moments before on the balcony. I'm sure that was probably almost one where you're almost punching the air for a goal and yeah. you get cleared off the line. We were at Gateshead, we're in the first half, I'm seated. How was that for you? I, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> 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 Cool. So, um, obviously, from my an observation I made was that Craig Clay obviously prefers the attacking midfielder role rather than the defensive midfield role that I think he's assumed in the past. He seems to thrive on driving forward. So maybe with that said, that Justin sees that, likes it, wants it, and therefore we'll maybe see Playing on a bit more from, from, from Craig Clay in the future. McEnough had a go at goal from a free kick in the 34th minute, though. Yeah, on the stroke of half-time, Data wins a free kick. Uh, there's a scramble follows in the box but the danger is cleared and we have a minute of time added on but we go in 0-0 at the break so half time 0-0 Kent is that a flurry reflection of the first half in your yeah. eyes um, yeah I <laughs> I have a belief that it is always a fair reflection you know you get what you deserve my mom always says yeah. you get what you deserve so I think 0-0 was perfectly deserved by both sides yeah Attendance announced just over a thousand, one thousand and fifty-two yeah. of two hundred and nine Hardy souls making that away trip. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So that's twenty-five percent, twenty percent of that crowd were I, us. Thunder, yeah. I agree, I agree, and yeah, it. Our away support is outrageous. It's just outrageous. It's yeah. so great. Yeah, 
early start for those people half past seven that supports uh, club, club coach, coach. So yeah credit to everyone that's a long day that's, yeah, that's a no long doubt. old journey it's a four and a half hour train journey so well yeah. you gotta and remember you're not just going you're coming back yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a late it's a yeah. long it's day yep. really long, long day, day. massive yeah. respect just three minutes into the second half though McEnough's free kick fell to Ekpiteta who fired wide and we hadn't made any changes at the half yeah time. 55 minutes just growing up season if it's safe from close range and then 58 minutes Riggs head out in the centre of the box was well saved by Brill before his second attempt was headed away by Marvin great Pateta. save great good, save by Dean Brill good mm-hmm. defending as well by Marvin bodies on the line. line really putting ourselves out there 60th minute McEnough's cross was cleared to Josh Caroma on the edge of the box had a decent effort just dipped over the bar though yeah caught it nicely it was just always dipping and yeah. the 62nd minute Dal Gorman came on to make his own debut in place of Charlie Lee and this was followed up four minutes later by another sub as James Allaby came on to replace James Dayton uh, with Josh Cromer playing on the right and Alibi going up top. Yeah, Macabon saw a shot deflected wide in the 70th minute and in the 77th, Gateshead sadly took the lead through Luke Armstrong as the ball from just outside the O's half um, picked it up, cut through our defence uh, and Armstrong did well to finish. So really, despite all our huffing and puffing and efforts on goal, it's Gateshead who took the lead, really changed the game, turned it on its head and I was, I was a bit gutted. Really simple goal as well, just the ball yeah. just, just outside our own half and the ball gets gets through and their man just gets in front of Marvin and Marvin can't do anything, I mean, yeah. he fouls him straight red yeah. the penalty and the guy finished well to be fair to him. Yeah. Uh, to, be, to be fair to Armstrong, he's quality. Yeah, He is. He's a good player. He's a very good player Took and I well. think he's on loan from Middlesbrough or something like that. They were mentioning it because I was or sitting Newcastle. next. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, and he, and he, he is quality. He's quite. I think he. I think that was his fifth goal this year. Oh, yes. So yeah, he's yeah, he's he's a he's a very good player. And four minutes later, uh, we all goes from back to goal down. Yeah, goes back to where we also a man down. Is James Allenby receives a straight red card for a foul on Tinkler. I don't think anyone on this table has probably got any complaints about the red. Looks to me, he was slightly too late. Maybe frustration and not started. He done something very similar at Salford and got it 100% spot on but when you get that even slightly wrong there's only one thing that's going to happen yeah. and that's going to be a straight red because you're not in control of yourself so therefore you're a danger to, to yourself and the other player so yeah straight red card at first I wasn't sure what to think but then I watched it back again and it's just reckless I think you could tell as soon as he gets up he's he's waiting for the red and as soon as the red pulls out he just I think you realise sugar I shouldn't have done that yeah absolutely did you see that differently Mm-mm. no okay cool but however this could be you know Body handled, however, persistence from the 10 Osmans pays off as in the 89th minute, Joby McEnough corner is headed towards goal. The ball comes off against the defender into Marmalade Potatoes' path, who smashes the ball home to equalise for the O's and sends the away fans crazy. And I'm sure my Mr. Teague was going just as crazy oh, as anyone. Oh, it's on film. <laughs> oh, is it? I haven't seen it. I've not seen it. Yeah, I've seen it yet. Who called will. that? Oh, was uh, it on the. Did you get followed around? Uh, yeah, Dream yeah. Team. Dream okay. Team, yeah. At Gateshead. Yeah, Gateshead. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, oh so wicked. That can't is... wait to see that. Oh yeah, no, the, no, it's yeah. Oh yeah, no, okay. it's it's one of those Wrexham ones. You've seen the one about Wrexham last year. Yeah, it's yeah, it was okay. one of those. Yeah, I, it was. Uh, yeah, they'll make one. a gift out of that. Uh, they I build up a library of gifts on uh, you. You yeah, know that. Don't there'll you? be there, there may be more than there'll one. Be, yeah, yeah. There'll be a whole back catalogue soon. I've got to say, for a defender, that was a very good finish. Great thing came to him. Keeps his eye on the ball and it's low and hard into the far corner. You'd expect something from the defender to smash that over the bar. Yeah, or wide. He's kept his eye on the ball, finished it well. And I've got to say, I was quite pleasantly surprised. At 1 0 down, 
with one minute left and a man down. I wasn't expecting to see that goal. Agree. Tweet, flash up. Agree. Uh, 100%. Four additional minutes played out and the referee brings the game to an end and the points are shed. Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after the game. He said definitely deserved that point, if not more. The side doesn't know when they're beaten, and that's a great quality to have. He said reflecting on James Allaby's red card, Justin explained that initially it appeared that the fourth official, who was very close to the incident, said that there wasn't contact, then changed his mind. Justin said that he would see it again, but thinks it was probably a red. Yeah, Justin also wanted to question the wisdom of a long away fixture uh, on the Saturday before a bank holiday <coughs> weekend. I was delighted to see Matt Harold and Dale Gorman involved as both have worked exceptionally hard. So that point meant that the O's, uh, after six games, have won two, drawn four, lost zero, with a goal difference of two and ten points, and are in ninth place. Lebanon points with Ebbsfleet, who occupy seventh, and four points off the top spot, although it's very early days yet, and we wouldn't read too much into the table. So your views on that one, Mr Levy? Yep, so for me, first uh, for the great first half we had, we need to really capitalise on our chances. It's been said on a few occasions that we need to be more composed and more clinical. Big Marv fought for their goal, but definitely made up for it with the equaliser. And that's two in two for him now. And I can't see really George Ellicobi reclaiming his space uh, in the team when Ekpitet oh. is playing as well. Controversial. As he is, yeah. Going to yeah. put it out there. Um, huge respect to the 200 plus fans who travelled up there. I thought the overall attendance was poor, but maybe that's because there are bigger teams playing at home nearby that may have taken a few... Are their fans away? Possibly. They're casual fans. Your views? Decent point in the circumstances. It's a good Gateshead team. I think Gateshead are a very good team. Uh, seems like we had the best chances. It should have been ahead really before Gateshead got the goal. But credit to the boys. Well done to Marvin. He came up with a late equaliser. You know, shows really yeah. good character, really good spirit. And that will feel like a win as opposed to a draw based on that late goal. Yeah. With Gorman and Harold returning, you can see now how strong the squad is. As I said it before, but Lingham Lawless can't even get in on the subs bench and those yeah. were two who were starting the season but they did travel up there yeah absolutely yeah. Alibi, <laughs> if you're going to make those challenges I said it before they have to be spot on otherwise you're getting a red um, all day but you know the point falls like a win and if we can beat Dover on Monday four points from six will be a very decent bank holiday return and a massive credit to all the travelling away fans yeah absolutely yeah agree with you there so those were our views um, we get a huge amount of feedback after this match so uh, thank you very much to everybody that sent their views to us on our social media accounts. And again, we do try and read out as many as possible. And just because we read them out, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. But first up is at Gorillas1985, who say, Good point, but still think we're a striker short. Mooney is not in Justin Edinburgh's plans. Harold is injury prone. Allaby is not up to Justin Edinburgh's standards. And relying on Bon and Karoma's first full season to get goals. Yeah, Ari Rugsawami says anything less than 7th place is a bad season and after 6 games we are 9th. It's not a good start but a slightly below par one. Unbeaten doesn't mean a job to me. Les LK52 said sounds like we drew a game we nearly lost and we have to find a way of creating and scoring more goals. Pray Brophy recovers speedily. At Smoke O's is coming from behind uh, to draw with 10 men Miles away from home is a good point. Hashtag brick by brick. Hashtag up the O's. Bert underscore daddy says, happy to remain unbeaten. Delighted for Marvin getting another point, uh, another important goal, sorry. But concerned that we don't create enough chances when we're on, to uh, on top in games and a convincing win on Monday, please. At wow. says, should have had the game sewn up, but positives are still unbeaten and my boy witnessed an orange goal and point, which I never had. <laughs> Uh, Alan Gollidge said, great comeback to grab a draw with 10 men, but should we have been in that position? 
Sounds as though we're creating most of the chances throughout, but not getting the breaks. Still undefeated against an informed team. Roll on Monday. At Jagsy 1979, it's a good point against a team on form, away from home and still unbeaten. Think that makes Marv our joint top scorer. Uh, yeah, almost. Memories of the playoff squad. This group never gives up. Come hasn't on, Mac- you O's. Hasn't Macca got three? Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Um, I am underscore emo said, Alibi doesn't have a goal in him. Red card's a blessing as we won't miss him. Mooney. Yeah, those calls for Dave. At Lubert 84 <laughs> says, felt we should have made opportunities count in the first half. A decent point in the end after being down to 10, but silly from Alibi. We must pick up three points at home to Dover on Monday. Vince Howard 73 said we need to be more clinical but showing good spirit to drag ourselves back from defeat. At King Laurie says we are one goal away from being second in the league. We are in a mix. A bit more positivity. At Amashamo said had most of the ball but didn't create too many clear cut chances. Looked like an awful tackle by Allaby. Happy to get a point in the end. And Matty LFC Evans says yes we're still unbeaten and yes we scored late again but we rode our luck and it's another two points in my mind. My Sorry, two points in my mind dropped. Monday's game, we need to bounce back. And the final word this on this game goes to Acow and underscore DRE, who says a good point and a point gained. Sorry, a good start and a point gained at the end. At least drawing away games is a good platform to build from. We've we have a good habit of turning zero points into one point from losing positions, but need to find a way of turning one point into three points. So those were all tweets that came in after Saturday's game to at Orin Outlook. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any that we have read out. We are on Twitter, obviously, at Orient Outlook. We're on email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And apologies if we haven't read your tweets out. It may follow after the Dover game. The volume of tweets we get in the season is it's phenomenal. Again, Prediction so. League, phenomenal predictions we're getting in. Loads of people just about to read out now, but we're yeah. getting it right. So without further ado, then well done to Tony underscore Antonio. <coughs> At Will underscore Perrett, at Whitney1997 LOFC, at ALB5399, at Jamie Stripe, at CM Oriental, at Osvan Basing, at Leighton Ori, Alan Makla1, Orin underscore Viking, Oxo. Ock. Oxooch. Oxooch, beg your pardon, Floodgates, Jamie PD LOFC, Bucko551, Reedy QB9, at Orient Buccaneers, quite a lot there. Usually it's one or two, mm-hmm. but there's like dozens being run out now. So you all predicted one all, and you get three points um, in our league, but no one corrected uh, correctly guessed that Marvin Ekpeteta would score. We'll do a full roundup after the Dover game. Yep, so moving on into Sunday, the 26th of August, and it was a happy 25th birthday to Goal Machine, Marvin <laughs> Ekpeteta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say in the in your prediction league, you you may have more people predicting Ekpatita going yeah. forward, but we'll see. There'll be two or three nil, or two or three goals, and he'll be one of the names: Coulson, yeah. Ekpatita, yeah. and Corona. Right, right. You watch. Right. Uh, the ladies' team were in league action against Cambridge United uh, and were beaten three nil. Did you go? To I that did. Yesterday? Yes, yeah. I did. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, so tough like, game. Yeah, very. Uh, Cambridge played really well. Um, and you know we had a couple of players that were out right uh, for bank holidays and things like that. So yeah, uh, but they the yeah they they played very well. They they deserved what they got. And um, yeah, I mean it's you know it's football. So late season's yeah. just started. Yeah, beat Luton last week. Yeah, very yep. good win away to Luton. Right. Yeah, one nil. Played two one one. Yeah, lost one. So, yeah. so not bad. Yeah, uh, not bad. So we'll see how we get on to moving on mm-hmm. in. To today, then Monday, the 27th of August, and it's time for the main event again. 
as Dover came to the Bray Group Stadium. So the team was announced, a brilliant goal. We didn't get four minutes, much less 48 hours. Here we go. Let's do it. Back four again with John Paulson, Eight Petito, and Willowson with Dayton, Lee, Clay and McAnuff in midfield with Bond and Karama up front. And on the subs bench, Sergeant Happy, Gorman, Lawless and Matt Harold. Yep, so the same starting lineup was named for the third game running for the O's, with the only change on the bench being Alex Lawless coming in for the suspended James Alabi. And for me, I repeat what I've said before, it's great to keep naming the same side week in, week out. So for me, very happy with that. Yeah, I think we all probably expected that starting eleven. I mean, maybe there's a place on the bench you could argue, maybe Mooney, Sotorio in place of Lawless, because obviously we lost the forward, but that's probably the bench you would expect. Yeah. So the match kicked off. On a bank holiday Monday at Brisbane Road, so we both weren't there today. Couldn't make it today. Obviously, our guest co-host was. Absolutely. Good atmosphere to kick oh, off? Oh, yeah. Because well, you do the rounds, you post your schedule before the game so people know if they want to come and chat to you. Yep. So like one thirty at the South Stand Bar, one fifty at the 1881 Gallery. <laughs> right. And the response tweets to those are fantastic, <laughs> where they give me all kinds of things I'm supposed to do at a certain time of the day. It's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Try to get to, especially since this is my first home match of the year, um, tried to get to as many people as I could to say hello and and see how their summer went and all that. So the atmosphere was fantastic today. Excited. Attendance was fantastic. For a bank holiday, mm-hmm. it was it was great. And yeah. you also had a camera crew in tow today, right? Uh, yes. I, I, I have, uh, yes. That's all I know to say. <laughs> I, I got it. Odd, crazy odd for a nerd like me to being followed by mm. a camera. It's a, it's a little strange. So Kent was there. We weren't, so we haven't seen uh, most of the action. So please bear with us. So six minute uh, game started. Mackenough chipped a free kick in the box and Lee got his header on target, which was saved by the Dover keeper. Walker. Yeah. Lovely uh, tweet from George Sessions who says in the 24th minute, lovely, lovely football from Orient. Lee, Clay, Bon and Karoma all involved before Dayton picks out McEnough, but he screws his effort wide. And in the 25th minute, Lee's absolutely <coughs> dictating play at the minute. He picks out Judd with a fine crossfield pass and the defender forces Walker to tip away his header. So first 25 minutes, nice play to nose by the looks Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Happy with what you were seeing. Oh, yeah. And then you could feel it coming. Yeah? yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's electric, yeah. yeah. Okay, 27 minutes on the clock. Then Josh Caroma is booked for kicking the ball away after he conceded a free kick. <sighs> Silly from Josh. Yeah. Maybe that that out there. He's done it last season as well, I yeah. remember. Doing it and us talking about it on the yeah. pod. It's just frustration, isn't it? It's just got to knock that out of his game and right. picking up a needless booking. If he'd have fouled someone... That's the thing, isn't it? Like you're gone. So for two nothings, two nothing-y incidents, you're gone. Right, it's not worth costing your place for discipline, that. isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can't appeal two yellows. Yeah, and then George Sessions again in the thirty-six minute said Lee continuing to boss things alongside Clay, and the former passes into Karoma, who sets him midfielder up for a shot, and Walker is forced to save. And in the thirty-ninth minute, Lee says again, Lee has been phenomenal. He slides into for a dangerous move and plays in Clay, who finds Dayton, and his effort is saved by Walker. So it really sounds like Lee. Clay, Dayton really having a big impact Pulling the strings. on the game. Mm. And you, you've obviously got a unique view because you're obviously on the balcony, so you get a real bird's eye view mm-hmm. of that, so you can see the positioning and, mm-hmm. the, and the The play. game looks so easy from up there, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's not that easy, but it sure does look it easy. Looks it, yeah. <laughs> and you obviously get a tactical 
view as well. So obviously, well, yeah, south I'll... stand where we sit. You, you can't even you tell who's really offside. Really <laughs> yeah. Unless it's that blatant, you yeah. can't even tell if someone's offside, really. Well, I also <clears> had the advantage of walking over and asking a, a number of different people, including Matt Porter and 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 Martin Ling, and a, a number of different people. Now, how does this work? What's going on here? So, yeah, it, it it's worth it. It's worth it. It's cool. coming. It's coming. Yeah, absolutely. We can feel <laughs> it, it You can feel it coming. You can feel it coming. <laughs> well, we almost took the lead before half-time as Ekpeteta headed on a brill free kick. Karoma uh, takes uh, a volley that Walker then pushed pushed over so, quite well. So, so quite a few. It's a hands-on-head yeah, situation. Say, yeah, yeah, it was a really good oh, save. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unlucky. Karoma now unlucky. And the team at the stoppage time were played. And the half-time whistle goes with the game goalless. Mm-hmm. And no-one else. I won't ask you what you thought the half-time score should be because you've already said you can't get what you deserve. Although it sounds like we were very lucky to be going in. No, no. No, no. Attendance yeah, announced yeah. at 4,641. So it's got to be out there with the attendances, isn't good it? Good attendance like, For the league. Probably. Probably. Because it was only Tranmere and Wrexham that were ahead of us last season. Obviously, Tranmere aren't there anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, not seeing them. So two hundred twenty-six away fans from Dover. So fair play. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, bad. Not bad. Not a bad holiday for Dover. Yeah, no so doubt. That's pretty decent. So yeah. the second half kicks off with no subs for the O's at all. No fiftieth minute, Karoma crossed the ball in, which took a deflection and ended up hitting the crossbar. But then from the resulting corner, we played a short corner between McEnough and Dayton. McEnough picks up the ball, runs into the box, crosses, takes a deflection off Daniel, and then hits the back of the net, giving the O's a one-nil lead. Mm-hmm. About that point, pandemonium breaks out. Yeah, I've seen the goal on the Twitter from behind the south stand, mm-hmm. and it looks like the deflection kind of takes it past the keeper. Yeah, but you can kind of see once that goal goes in how happy it feels like a weight absolutely was lifted, and that's just off the thirty second clip I saw. Absolutely, but sometimes you've got to be lucky if you're going to lose something. And you know, yeah. it doesn't matter how they go in, as long as they go in a good. And I see Joby get a goal, and I see a short corner routine, routine work. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So following the goal, we took, um, we looked for a second as Bond has an effort deflected and Lee puts an effort wide. Yeah, in the 57th minute, we took a quick free kick. Dayton finds Clay and his cross is cleared up in the air. Kramer volleys across the goal and Coulson gets a touch, but it just rolled wide. So unlucky not to be two up. So we've got yeah. the first now and pressuring for the second to make mm-hmm. the game over. To kill it off, yeah. Just over the hour mark in 65 minutes on the clock. Good chance for Dover as Mitch Brundle's corner is headed wide by Kevin Loco. That's the first chance we've actually spoken about for Dover. It sounds yeah. like they brought relatively very, wow. very... It's just how we like it. Very quiet. Yeah, 70th minute again from George Sessions who said late on Orient sub, Craig Clay is replaced by Dal Gorman who comes on for his home debut and the reason why we're using this he said Craig Clay has been excellent Again this afternoon, so it's good now to my consistency. The last mm-hmm. three or four games, Craig Clay really being mentioned in high esteem. Really yeah. good to see. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 80th minute, Karoma held the ball up well, turned away from his marker and fired over. We didn't have to wait too long for his goal. As in the 82nd minute, just two minutes later, the three points are sealed as Dayton plays Josh Karoma through and he finishes for his second goal of the season to make it 2 0 and runs over to Sam Sargent to celebrate with a fortnight dance. What is football? What is it with footballers in this blooming game? I'm I've old, never man. seen this game in my life. Mm, but I know all about it for all mm-hmm. these silly dances that they're all doing. Mm-hmm. Not cool enough. Don't, no, <laughs> I'm not down with the kids. I'm just not down with the kids. You wait until your little one grows up. So yeah. four minutes of injury time awarded, and the bank holiday becomes even better as Miles Judd crosses for Matt Harold, who beats his defender with ease, I'd say, heads ball past the keeper to make it Orient free. Dovenil and the full time whistle goes to end a fantastic performance. I've seen the third goal as well on Twitter and how really attacks that. Mm-hmm. Some venom, it's a very good cross from Judd. 
and their defenders just he, he sped off the air and Hal was just behind him in the back of the air and obviously three goals at the south stand and we missed <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're, we're not there shame typical but never mind Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after the game and he said he was very pleased with the performance from his players we won't get carried away uh, but I think that we can only get stronger and he was very happy with how it's gone so far lots of belief in the squad they trust each other so the league table as of tonight means that the O's are fifth currently in the playoff places in the National League as now we've played seven won three drawn four lost none and on 13 points and we are one of only three teams to have a zero in the L column uh, in the National League so that's quite yeah. a, quite an accomplishment um, I obviously couldn't make it today but honestly couldn't be happier with the win sounds like we're starting to hit our stride and according to most people Lee being man of the match is great as it means we're starting to see what he actually brings to the table obviously after last season's uh, disaster uh, for him four points from two games and a move up the league table means this O is a very happy O and perhaps a negative section of the Orient community will chill out a bit also the old column in the league table still showing a big fat zero delights me immensely yeah for me it sounds like a fantastic second half performance uh, with the squad now starting to fully show Justin what it is capable of and in games like this the first goal was key uh, and I think we've got a pivotal moment early in the second half, you know, yep. good time to score. Good to see Joby get the goals, uh, as well as Josh after signing the new contract. And good to see Harold as well, only kind of starting to edge his way back into the team for his second uh, appearance of the season. Uh, and he gets the goal. Lots of positive tweets now about the centre midfield, uh, which is really pleasing. Two weeks ago, it was the complete opposite. Yeah. And Amazing. the early reports about Gorman seem to be quite encouraging. I've obviously mm-hmm. not watched him for myself, but quite a few people mentioning Gorman uh, in the highest thing. And last season we struggled against Dover. I think we took one point from them out of six. We lost away and we drew one at home. So we've already beat them. We're seeing teams who we struggled against last season. The matches where we struggled last season, like Bournemouth last weekend, we were saying last season that's probably a draw. We're starting to eke out these wins yeah. and get um, a good momentum behind us. So a very decent bank holiday weekend. And Justin will be looking to build upon this week. And more selection headaches for Justin. Does he stick or does he? What, what does he do? Mm. It'll be interesting to see what. Or Justin Fields is best 11 half for Chesterfield. But, but all good good headaches. All good headaches, good problems to have for a change. So I, just, I deserve to win for you, then, Ken. I oh, would imagine. Oh, yeah. Based on. Yeah, no, you get what you deserve. We deserve <laughs> if we tied our, our episodes, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we deserve, unfortunately, we don't, which goes with, with the numbers. There's lots, of, there's, there's, lot, there's lots of ways you can justify it should have been different, but it wasn't. It was exactly how it was. And it, it was fantastic. It was just. Uh, it was it was so great for our fans to watch our club play really really well in front of them, and I think it's great for our players to play really really well in front of our fans, and hopefully the mutual admit you know admiration society will break out mm. at Brisbane Road, and I do think that that will make a difference for both how our players play and how our fans uh, interact with them. So, um, no, it was, it, was a great, it was a great day. It's been a great weekend. It's been a great weekend. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So, again, more views coming to us after the match on Twitter. So, thanks for your tweets. Uh, it's at Orient Outlook. So, at L Hangles. So, the solid performance improved second half. Seven unbeaten, onwards and upwards. But I've, the best I've seen Lee play in a long while. Yeah, at Wrecker Blue App said, Lee was exceptional today. Clay looks a much better player alongside him. 
good to beat poor teams by a bigger margin will do us a lot of confidence going forward up the O's. At SMTH Jack 7 says, I think Harold could be important for us this season. Seems like Lee played well, so good to see the central midfield area improving. <laughs> Maybe because of the idea of competition, now Gorman is fixed. So yeah. again, like we've seen, if you have a couple of bad games, you lose your place and you struggle to get back in. I think Sam Ling is a massive example of that. Started first choice right back, hasn't been able to get his place back since Miles Judd has done it, has got in, so good competition for places. And you know what, it's good that they're being picked on performance rather than name. Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes you can get a little bit caught up in the, well, that's his position and that's that's his shirt, that's his spot, but actually, no, yeah. if he's, he didn't have a couple, there was a couple of games where he was a little bit iffy, uh, poor Sam, and then <coughs> Miles has come in and he's just been spectacular throughout, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Credit to him for for um, for doing that. Paul underscore LT2P said, really good second half. Lee, Joby, Coulson, excellent. I wonder what a fit Matt Harold will be uh, like. Looked more mobile. Mentioned for Bond, working really hard for the team, feeding off scraps. Hope JK is okay. I think we mentioned it before I started recording that this year, Bond and Karoma really pushing the defenders, really putting pressure on them gaining mistakes from the centre-backs and winning possession back and pressing from the front, say defending as an 11, which is really important. So really good seeing people, obviously supporters seeing that as well, you know, getting the appreciation, which is great. RP Bernstein says, after all the stick they've been getting, both central midfielders, Clay and Lee, were terrific today, dominated from the start. Yeah, at Wads, he said, all-round complete performance. Lee was my man of the match. He was everywhere. Clay and Judd also superb. How great does this feel? Yeah, Kid Samson O says, I've said it before and I'll probably have to say it again, but a fit man Harold is a great asset to this side. He fits into the system and style Edinburgh has implemented in a way that neither Mooney nor Allaby will ever be able to. A solid result and a good start. Pierce Race team tweeted in saying, Lee and Clay took control of the midfield after the first 20 minutes and that won the game. Dover couldn't get back in it. Also, another clean sheet is important. Really enjoyed today. 11 plus 3 good performances are 3 substitutes yeah Jamie PD LFC is truly a great performance everyone did their jobs and a bit more Karima played great and I was impressed by Gorman great to see Harold score and a clean sheet for Brill so lots of positives coming out of today nice yeah. to read out a huge amount of positives yeah at Essex Beers said gutted I missed the game sounded like a great performance the score doesn't flatter us as we could have had a hat fall had we taken our chances a massive stride to, uh, forwards and a huge boost for the team a big ads LOFC says every player on that pitch played for the badge if you do that win, lose or draw you cannot be criticised yeah. but also Miles Jard reads the game superbly and is now the first choice right back <coughs> for me great tweet Jack Coates 14 said what a performance and we should have had some more goals Lee was man of the match today didn't stop running and won nearly every ball Karoma's goal was well taken and he deserved it with his performance and every player worked their socks off well done and a relief to win by a big margin. It's Does nice our goal difference the world of good as well? It's nice to be reading about every player trying half of the show because over the, since we started the podcast, it's not always been the case where we could say everyone playing for the badge. So mm-hmm. really nice to see those tweets coming in. South End Bob says, first game I can recall this season where I felt we had a midfield. Clay and Lee were wonderful. Adams may have a good season at Fleet, but I think the centre, the midfield at the O's, May have a better so one. I like it. Chill out and calm down now, can't they? <laughs> Until next week when everyone's <laughs> when, we, when we might not win and then everyone goes hell for leather. Craig Clay, you're rubbish. Um, <laughs> at David Reichard 80 said, a much needed three points and three goals at home. Dover were terrible and we looked a little flat in the first half. First goal was needed and controlled the game for most part. Still, Start too slow in each half. Sam underscore Billings, 786. Charlie Lee was a beast today. The best performance I've seen from a nose player in a very long time. 
Clay was also decent, but a 3-0 win would give us huge confidence going into the next few games. Sasha J. Wolf said, For the first 20 minutes, we looked physically and mentally tired from Saturday. Then the adrenaline seemed to kick in, and we got the best football we've seen this season. Judd was impressive, and Gorman looked promising. Nice to see. Nice to see. LFC 1978 says, Most enjoyable game for a long time. Lee, Judd, Bon, and Karoma stands out for me. And a great goal by Josh. And great to see Harold on the score sheet. Yeah, Karen Orient said, Why couldn't the centre mid play like that every week? Maybe they've seen or heard the stick they've been getting and realised they needed to give more. And today they really did. And some. In my honest opinion, Charlie Lee was awesome. Hashtag long may it continue. LOFC, winners, only one Orient. Yeah, David. They're all hashtags. At David Barrett 6 says, What in hell has Charlie Lee been eating? <laughs> <laughs> Spinach, probably. Oh, yeah. I don't know, it's a performance and not uh, not his odour, but yeah. <laughs> Best game in a no shirt by far. Clay has turned into Mr. Consistent with four good games on the trot. Gorman supports the counter attacks also very quickly, very encouraging. Tom P1984 said, Great win against the poor Dover side. The back four was solid throughout, even keep their. Even keeps their huge sub quiet in their last 20 minutes. Judd, Lee and Clay didn't put a foot wrong. First half forwards were quiet, but the balls in the air didn't help them. Once played on the deck by the wingers, it worked. I think this is a really interesting tweet uh, from R. Demander, who says, We now have the same points tally as at this point last season, which I didn't realise. Um, says, Ask me if I went to world beaters after another 13 games. Sorry, but someone has to be the grumpy one for <laughs> So, an interesting set there. We had the same amount of points this season as what this we did last, last season. season. And yeah. I guess that 15 game run is about to, st- well, about to go year on year, I guess, without run that we don't really like to talk about too much. Yeah, so moving on then. Magic underscore John said, Great game, look comfortable. Still think we actually don't create enough clearer chances. Did well with what we had today. Willison, for me, standout player so far, not had one bad game. Lee and Clay showed today what we could have had last year. Big call for Justin Edinburgh now on Gorman. Yeah, another praise for Willowson. I think we got slated a bit last week for not nominating uh, him as Hero of the Week. I could see, again, talk about consistency. Willowson coming into conversation yeah. again. At Chris Kane, underscore 1992, says a brilliant performance. Slightly different view from the West Stand today, which allowed me to watch the game rather than be too biased on the O's. Slick, quick passing, undid Dover. A good base to build on, and Charlie Lee was phenomenal today. Easily the man in the match. Paul Wee underscore UK said, several good performances, but the centre mid was outstanding today. Fair enough, Lee has been injured, but what's happened to Clay? New instructions, new belief. Long may it continue. Yeah, Orient Ballback says, man of the match today. I think 1-11 to could all have a claim on it. Lee was exceptional, and Mackinac has the legs of a player 10 years younger. After some suspect performances and a lot of stick from the fans, hats off to Clay, who finally seems to be looking the part. Speno011 said, Karoma's effort in the first half, what an unbelievable save. Once we played on the deck with tempo, it was only a matter of time. Should and could have been five or six, which ties in with what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. But hey, what a solid performance. Team still not at 100%, so it bodes well for the next few months. Every player deserves credit. At Len M4, so second half was a pleasure to watch. Lee was immense. Joby was rolling back the years and Karoma sent the defence back to the team coach. Same again against Chesterfield, please. London underscore Nuts said, feeling very positive about these boys. They have so much togetherness and spirit. All playing for one another, the boss and the fans. We're all on board together. And the final word this week goes to Samuel LOFC96, who says, complete performance. Brill didn't have to make one save. The whole team was excellent. Charlie Lee, Craig Clay dominated the midfield. Gorman and Howell looked fit and sharp when they came on. Jordan Wilson always on the overlap, and Coulson 
Uh, and MV, outstanding, is that supposed to say ME? Uh, I know. Karoma caused problems and Bon worked his backside off. So those were all tweets that came to Orient Outlook. We're still getting tweets in about the game now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we can't read out whilst we're recording. So thank you to all the tweets uh, over the last week into at Orient Outlook. Yeah, so prediction league update. Well done to the <coughs> following like, dozen people. Uh, Matty Sarri, LOFC Max, Murphy1 Steve, Robert Locke 14, Ben Orient 97, John uh, Joss Lind, uh, Lindstrom. You all get three points. Extra well done to Les LK52, Mark Shepherd underscore 79, James RF Young, Orient underscore Viking, Rob Kelly 18, Eastside Orient, Charlie underscore Paul. You will get four points because you correctly get uh, the correct score and one scorer. But extra, extra kudos to Rob Nathan 77 and Pills the Doman. You get five points because you named the correct score and two goal scorers which is quite incredible so if you know well, the yeah. lottery numbers for Tuesday night give us yeah. a shout yeah so that means the top of the prediction league <laughs> table yeah. is as follows so at Tony underscore Antonio Lee's on 11 points he did well last season Tony didn't he I think he was he's up got there. a knack for it isn't he at 10 points currently at Eastside Orient and Stephen Orient and in third place on 9 points at Orient Buccaneer and Pills of the Dome and thanks for all your predictions this week it's roughly about 150 to 175 to come in before a game and then tally them and work them all out which is a manual process which you do well. really well because I've messed it up when I the three times I did it I got messed it all up so, so yeah, you can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> if you want it done properly but anyway um, Fantasy Football Update Tim Roberts currently leads the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League on 239 points Steve is doing well in 85th place with 158 I'm doing terribly in 110th place on 147 but that said 11 points the difference yeah, moving up 25 places and Spurs beat Man U 3-0 did they? Yeah, Harry Kane and Lucas Moura scored the goals. Wow. Well, so I think I think Jose Mourinho might be getting his P45. Yeah. Dream team update then. Go on then. I know. Top of the I league. I looked and I was like, he's the top of our league. Top of the league. Our I'm dream team. Players. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> I am leading you on out of the podcast dream team league. Well, I might not be anymore after the top of the game. I don't get why you get minus points. I need to read the scores. I've had minus points for one of my players. I was like, how can he have minus points? No idea. So I lead on 187 points with Michael Head. From the greater game <laughs> in second place on 162 yeah. points. Paul was currently in 56th place. Yes, I'm not doing very well in that one either. So let's move on from that because we don't like to talk about that You're not too getting much. a lot of sleep though, are you? No. Okay. Not a lot at all. There you go. Thank you very much. You're Positives welcome. and negatives. You could argue. You could argue. <laughs> you could argue. You I knew we argue. were going to have an argument about it, but go ahead. You could argue he may have more time on his hands doing the three o'clock feeds with baby in one hand. Not a chance. You could argue. Really? Have you forgotten you this fast? Argue. Probably. Okay. Probably. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Not with my kids. <laughs> so you just do you want to do the out of his mouth. And do you want to do the positives? Yeah, unbeaten run continues. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously, we've played six games and we haven't lost. Moved up to third, actually uh, third in the league as we wrote it, but then we dropped down to fifth because of the result between Fylde and Harrogate. Yeah. So we just we're up to fifth either way. Um, obviously scored a number of goals in the past couple of games. Harold and Gorman back playing, good to see them, which obviously in turn means the Orient treatment room is now clearing out quite nicely, which must be pleasing for you to see that obviously we've got players that are out there on the training ground every day. Mm-hmm. Is it only George Edekobi now that's... He's the only one that has a long term. Long term. He's the only there's one a couple that has of niggles probably, but well, Brophy and I mean, there's niggles. a there's a few there's a few that that have some, but yeah, yeah. but uh, let me know the last time <clears throat> that Orient or any other football club had no injuries throughout a season. Oh yeah, that's... just like to double check that math. Absolutely. <coughs> so Absolutely. yeah, 
Negatives, only one this week. Uh, James Allaby's red card. Yeah. No other negatives that we can think, so that we can think of uh, based on that. So now we're moving on to the hero uh, of the week. Uh, we had quite a discussion about this before um, coming uh, to uh, to record this. So we couldn't narrow it down to just a single person. So congratulations this week go to Big Marv, Marvin Exeteta. And also uh, today's midfield hero, Dynamo, Charlie Lee. So well done to you both. Well uh, done to our heroes. pull it apart so we've given a joint one this week. Of the week. Uh, so moving on into next week's fixtures. So just one fixture coming up for the O's this week as we travel to Martin Allen's Chesterfield who were relegated to the National League last season. So Chesterfield had a decent start uh, and have now found themselves 15th in the National League. But like we said, you can't be too much into the table at the moment. They lost 1-0 away today to Hartlepool. So if you go and have a safe journey, and obviously you'll be there before you fly back. I will be there, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. It's just so much fun. Yeah. So you'll be Chesterfield and you're flying back to the States and you're back over. I do on Sunday. Uh, yeah, and then I come back like in another week. I think I'm at the game on the 15th. Of September. Okay. So it's a it's a pretty short turnaround for me to go home, uh, move a girl into university, and then come back as quick as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So thank you very much indeed, everybody, for joining us. This has been episode number one hundred and forty nine. We're at seventy five minutes, so not quite a full length match, but we're close to it. Final uh, note from us, really. It's been a really uh, another very good week at the O's as the boys have uh, taken four points out of six. The unbeaten start to the season has remained intact and we are now sitting in the playoff places in the National League. Dale Gorman and Matt Harold have returned to action and have made an immediate impact on the team, leaving Justin Edinburgh with more selection headaches that he will be happy to have as the squad grows from strength to strength. Yes, yeah, so we'll be back with episode 150 next Sunday evening with all the information and views that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way, you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have an old relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone or any device they have and download it for them. And we do have a few mugs still available. You're probably sick of hearing about them. But Just we'll buy them and then we'll stop talking about them. Absolutely, I like Simple, it. Isn't it? Simple, Seven uh, pound for one, twelve pound for two, and three pound postage. Or you can pick them up at home games. Mister Kent Teague, it's always an honour and privilege. Thank you for being with us tonight. It's great. Welcome. It's great. The trends of the club are very—they look very good. So we'll see. It's a long season. Yeah. I, I only have to go this. I only have to go through this 39 more times this year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a solid foundation. No, no, no. Uh, again, again, that's how I, you know, I kind of look at it in seven-game segments or 10-game segments or 12-game segments. I try not to get too caught up in an individual yeah. game or an individual performance. And overall, I am very encouraged by what I see. Yeah. Very encouraged by what I see. I've got to say, it's... it's it's kind of honouring to have you here in your second season now of the Orient because you do see the old person goes, oh, what if Ken was to get by and pull all his money out, where would we go? But based on what we've seen this season and your passion, I'd say there's absolutely zero. We're going nowhere, mate. We wouldn't let, let that you. Happen in. <clears throat> We'd come to Texas and... No, I, no uh, uh, either either Orient belongs to me or I belong to Orient or it may be a lot of both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Obviously, yeah. you can't see it, but we'll put a picture up, but Kent is wearing that infamous... Um, Twitter t-shirt that he put on a post the other day the, yeah. the O for Fox saying yeah. we'll post a picture up very good uh, and use that to kind of plug the episode so yeah. 
Thank That's you. It. As always, always a pleasure, Jim. Thank you very always much a indeed. Thank you. So thanks to everybody for listening. Look forward to hearing from you. Keep in touch uh, with us as always. Keep calm. Listen to the Orient Outlet podcast. Have the O's.